0: It's the Brew Ha Ha Podcast.
1: Welcome to The Drive, Brew Ha Ha. I'm Herlinda Ross, and I've got my co-host who's sitting in for Harry Duke, Peter Lopez from Juncture. Pleasure I- to be here, <laughs> We are very excited. Uh, it looks like uh, Harry. we're going to do a quick call in from... Harry, because where the hell is Harry? Where
2: the hell is Harry? Where yeah, I, wa- I want to know. Let's find out.
1: I know. So we're going to find out, and then um, I'm going to introduce our guest that I'm so excited about, Susan Boyle, who is here all the way from Ireland. Hello. Yes. She's a drinks expert, and she is the Irish Spirits Ambassador for... All of spirits mm-hmm, for, Ireland.
3: for Ireland. Ireland, yes, I love it. Grand agnostic spirit ambassador. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we are equal opportunity drinkers, so. Uh, but let's go right to Harry real quick. Where the hell are you, Harry?
0: I am in Catoosa, Oklahoma.
1: Say that three times the, fast.
0: <laughs> home of the Big Blue Whale of Catoosa, which was my stop earlier for the show. It's a roadside attraction on Route sixty six. And I had planned to be at the Emerson Nice Brewery of Owasso, Oklahoma, uh, but timing has just not worked out with me. So I'm actually phoning in from the Hampton Inn in Jacksonville, Oklahoma. <laughs> Do they
1: have any good beer there?
0: <laughs> not as of yet. We're getting ready, uh, a group of us attending the wedding, are uh, getting ready to go downtown Tulsa to something called the Market Road. I don't know, it's one of these dining, drinking complexes, and so I'm hoping to get some local craft beers there. But I've thoroughly enjoyed my time in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City has a thriving craft beer community, and it's quite different from the Sonoma County craft beer community in a bunch of interesting ways. And I'll I'll save my discussion of those ways for when I get back there. But let's just say... I'm not in the land of IPAs anymore.
2: I was gonna say, if Harry was happy, there were a lot of pilsners and loggers. <laughs> I knew, I knew he was gonna say that.
0: But it's, but it's interesting. I walk in, thoroughly expecting that, having you know, spent as much time as I have in Sonoma County, and if I see one or maybe two IPAs on the board, it's a surprise.
1: That's very um, interesting because that's the like the it, yeah, that's not what the norm is. It really even. is. <laughs> and,
0: I've had great discussions with the, with the brewmasters and the proprietors and and the, the staff of a lot of uh, microbreweries and I, I'm, I'm tempted to to call them in in a future program just to talk about that. Uh, because we just, we often just think of craft beer from the Sonoma County perspective. I mean, it's where we live. It's what we drink. Uh, but Herlindy, you must know this for the travels that you take when you go out into the other parts of the world. It's a different world.
1: It is a different world, and I really enjoy some of those far-flung uh, reaches like in Lithuania and uh, Finland and Poland, where they're doing those porters that you and I both really like a lot. Baltic right. Porter year-round.
0: Yeah. It, uh, they're, it's, they're, they're in the seasonal change here. They're going from their fall beers to their, to their winter beers, but even that seems to be quite different from from what I'm used to out in Sonoma County, but anyway, I'm off to downtown Tulsa to find me some Tulsa beer. Bring, bring some back, and I will be. Sh- I, I since I drove, I can do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but right now I've got to go. There's a bunch of people who've decided since I drove here, they don't need to call an Uber. And I can take them downtown, Santa Rosa so.
1: <laughs> to downtown Oklahoma. Okay, is Harry
2: trying to make some extra cash? Just like, hope for me.
0: Sla- slap an Uber stick right, on there, Harry. Make some money. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I think you should get a that. tip <laughs> at the very least. Oh, and what were the they better ga- Pay for parking.
1: What was the gas price there? That's what I want to know.
0: Uh, I just paid three dollars and nine cents oh, a gallon, and man. that's outrageous. <laughs> if I pay two dollars and seventy-six in Texas. It's okay. outrageous.
1: It was like six seventy-five. I saw uh, on the way here. So anyway, yeah. well, enjoy. Uh, be safe. Can't wait to taste what you bring back and hear all about it. And I think you are. If you're, if you get the chance to listen later, I think you're going to really enjoy our guest today. She's
0: lovely. I will indeed try to do that. Have a great show, guys. Right. Have a good time, Harry. Bye. Bye.
1: Thanks, everybody. Bye. All right, and we are back. Uh, So now we know where the hell is Harry. (laughs) Yes. It sounds kind of scary. (laughs) It's kind
2: of like Where's Waldo, but better. (laughs) Because
1: there's beer involved.
2: (laughs) You you know what, though, Hurley? I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Herlinda Harris has been a longtime friend of mine, uh, so I will occasionally slip up and call her Hurley.
1: I like when you call me her. Okay, that's how good of friends we are. But
2: I'm so excited about this guest. Mm. Please, I think it's only right if you introduce her. You guys, I know you guys have a long history together.
1: Well, I sent you her bio because I knew that. Mm -hmm. Like, I I sent him the PhD bio. Oh wow! Oh, uh, oh, that's the posh
3: bio. That's the one where I have to be an academic. (laughs) (laughs) I have to put all my credentials out there, (laughs) (laughs) all in one go. So it does. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I, I, as I was saying to you earlier, Herlinda, I'm a drinkist. I absolutely. Love being in a position to put delicious things in other people's hands, um, and that's that's yeah. why we're friends. That's why we're friends. <laughs> well, well, be,
2: before the show, I, I had mentioned to Susan. I said, "Wow, like you know, just by looking at the bio, you would have I would have thought that you've lived ninety years. It's so impressive. <laughs> oh, and, you're, but I'm and you're so, so young. young. <laughs> yeah, you're so young. That is and if you future, look on yeah. our
1: uh, uh, Bruhaha on the Drive Facebook page, uh, you will see she she looks. Pretty Irish. Well, yeah, you is see, is we Irish. don't
3: get any sunshine in the little green island I'm from. Very little of it. So that that helps with keeping me a little little more wrinkle-free. Be, be I lived in Southern California for a while. I went to school down there, and the only thing that changed was I got about three more freckles, and my, ter- my hair turned <laughs> from red to blonde. It bleached out in the sunshine
1: well Susan Boyle is a drinks expert I've been being I had been being told about her by all my beer judges. yeah for years. we
3: have loads of friends in common like yeah. so many friends and I would meet them and they're like how do, How have you not met her Linda yet like she does all this stuff and you do this <laughs> stuff like you would get on like a house on fire and we didn't meet until we went to a birthday party in Belgium last month
1: for Pete Fosberg <laughs> yeah we started Pete's Wicked Ales mm-hmm. and I know Pete uh, Peter knows him pretty well yeah so that was pretty and then we were at of all things we're at Dre Fontanen we were three fountains, yeah. uh, outside of Brussels
3: absolutely oh. iconic iconic really yeah. incredible Mixed fermentation fr- yeah. phenomenal
1: that was like the lambics and uh Incredible, but Susan uh, is. I was also like a kid. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, there was I like all these pictures. photographs of
3: me being incredibly excited.
1: So <laughs> Susan is actually um, out here, and you can tell us a little bit more about yeah. it. So I was at your presentation Wednesday mm-hmm. um, at the Consulate General of Ireland yeah, in San Francisco, yeah. which was pretty fantastic. Cool. They, they have a beautiful invite. view. They yeah, really do, and they were so
3: idea. wonderful to work with. I really and have to give them it great was called credit.
1: Board Bora,
3: Board Bia. So yeah. in the Irish language, Bia is the Irish word for food, so it's the Irish Food Board so it's the government organisation that looks after all the food and drink exports from Ireland uh, from this little little green island that I'm from um, There's we, a lot. We, yeah, we, we really are, we're very incredibly lucky um, and at the moment we're just in a wonderful, wonderful time for Irish spirits, we're going through an absolute renaissance. Um, we had a situation where a couple hundred years ago Irish um, whiskey was the most sought after spirit in the entire world it then went through this period of um, like almost decimation to the fact that we had like less than three breweries in existence in the country um, coming up to the 1960s. And then from those ashes, really, um, we had the Phoenix Rise, which is like the renaissance of Irish distilling. So we have phenomenal spirits being produced on the island of Ireland. But that story is not really being told and people don't understand the quality that is there. And, and what I was tasked to do, which was wonderful with the Irish Food Board, is because I have really great relationships with many people, People in distilleries and throughout, like the H- drinks industry. and I'm doing a PhD in it. Yeah, uh, so PhD in booze. <laughs> so my PhD <laughs> research is in the importance of place and storytelling to drinks. So this leads into it, um, and it meant that I had really great connections, lovely people that I could talk to. Um, and what the Food Board wanted to do was create um, create a really great stable platform for each brand to be able to tell their own individual story, but to get across that message of the incredible quality of the spirits that we're making in ireland so um i have a drama and theater background so i got to write this almost little play about um about drinks that incorporates uh, t- uh tasting into the performance as well and then also has smellscapes so lots of lovely things to smell
1: so i'll, I'll tell you a little bit what it was like so we came in and there was food and there there's was, always food Yeah, was, of course, <laughs> and I, another thing i like about the irish and like and i have the irish and, and the welsh in my background yeah good as well as yeah, the the celtic Indian and the spanish yep and the celtic and so we had a tasting of uh, single malt whis- whiskey, mm-hmm. uh, a blended, a blended Irish whiskey, which I fell in love with. And yeah. I think you brought some. I did. And I brought some a lost pot Irish. Still whiskey. Yep. But what I want people to to know, in case you're going, okay, this is a beer show. Yeah. You know, but we've all, we've been doing spirits for <gasps> ten years. But but spirits. Bourbon and whiskey start as
3: beer. Oh yeah, absolutely. So the the grain that goes into it, like it's really just that extra process of distillation. So you have um, you start off with what is basically could be a beer, except um, you don't add hops and you don't mature it in the, the same way. Mm-hmm. The wort, and then you um, you distill that, and that that becomes your spirit. So. And
2: just to make a connection with all the breweries here, you mm-hmm. know, in our area here in Northern California and Sonoma yeah. County specifically, uh, you have uh, Ricardo Richard Norgerv Jr. who was here last oh, yeah. week and. They- They've mm-hmm. gotten into distilling spirits. Yeah, um, Moylan's has done some. So it's, it makes Anchor, a lot of sense. Yes, Baker yeah, right. makes yeah a very Mark good gin. Mark Carpenter gym, and so. Bruce Joseph. Mm-hmm.
1: They they were. A, I think it's super complimentary. <laughs>
3: yeah. I well,
2: think, oh, Ian, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but no. uh so you hear it all the time that you know it takes a lot of really good beer to make great wine. Well I think it takes a lot of really good whiskey to just you know make <laughs> great <laughs> everything. I haven't come up with the saying yet, but whiskey's yeah. good, how's that? <laughs> whiskey's good,
3: I like it. I, I'm definitely gonna agree with that. I have no problem with that. Um, yeah, and it's um it's it's really nice. There's just so many vibrant people who are working in the industry at the moment and it's a real pleasure to be able to link in with that and to too. What's so lovely about working with an organization like the Irish Food Board is that they have great relationships with people all over the world. So mm-hmm. we can be in places like the consult um, in, in San Francisco. So there's there's lovely relationships that we can work on to be able to spread this great story. Well,
1: San Francisco and Sonoma County and the Bay Area have quite a few – quite a bit of – you know, Irish immigrant history. Yeah. So we have a lot of these great Irish bars. They have the Mm -hmm. big parade in San Mm -hmm. Francisco. Yeah. There's
3: more than 2.2 million people in, in within California that have Irish heritage, which is amazing. Like we're a tiny, tiny Island. There's less than 5 million people who live on the Island of Ireland.
1: How many distilleries now?
3: Uh, we're at nearly forty distilleries. Yes, yeah, it's so small. Um, I think we're up around the thirties for for the breweries. Maybe a little bit more than that. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. Of we've had obviously iconic. we've had the the y things going oh, on, yeah. so that has that has shifted. It's been it's been shifting sands. So I think like everywhere, it's quite hard to keep track of that number. Um, but yeah, no, it's still it's an industry that's and that's that's on the up and up. Well, great. I did bring a beer. Oh, super. And I, you might recognize it. Oh, yes. I do <laughs> recognize this. Erlinda's um, showing me a bottle of the Guinness West Indies Porter.
1: So tell us about this. So this is a little bit different. I was given this in Bath, England. So everybody knows the Guinness, and now you can get the can with the nitrous. Mm-hmm. Of course, nothing beats a good Guinness properly you know, drawn mm-hmm. on draft, which a lot of our places here do know how to do, thank goodness. Yeah. But this West Indies Porter, uh, Brewer's Source, 1801 St. Gate, James Gate, Dublin, which you can sometimes find around here, I, I'm told.
3: Yeah, so this is, um, as far as I know, a historic recipe that they went back into. Uh, Guinness has an amazing archive um, and they really have a great wealth of information that's been kept. I think this is a thing that happens in relation to um, a lot of breweries. People are busy making beer. They're not busy writing about the beer that they're making. They're busy actually doing it. You know, who's who's sitting there? It's it's a little different now that we have social media because people can document the stuff that's happening. Sure. There's a whole load of like brewing history that's been lost because people were just busy doing it and then they were drinking it and then they were doing it the next morning you know Um, that they were working in it so they didn't have time to put it all down but Guinness being a much larger company they have a really extensive archive so they've gone back into the archive to look for these historic recipes to be able to rebrew them to find out what it was like kind of stepping back in history what these styles of beer that were sent to other places really tasted like Ah. and I'll
2: admit to having a lot of Guinness in my lifetime but Uh I've never had this one so yeah I I think we should all get it uh, and we'll see
1: Peter i mean, I'll have you do the Honors, if you could crack that open, um, and uh, what you don't have one on you? Okay, well, you, you, see, we're equal opportunity drinks. Yeah. So we, we have a lot of wine. In here. So if you could do, <laughs> they've got a two functions, and so we can taste that because yeah. I haven't even tried this yet. Okay, very good.
3: But we um, were, it's interesting at the moment. You know, I'm living in um, I'm living in Paris, and. Um, yeah. And she but is from Ireland. I am you, from it, Ireland. If if you yeah, you haven't noticed. That okay. is where the accent comes from. Um, but um, I moved to Paris after the pandemic. And um, if I want to get, there's a beautiful Guinness that you can get, which is their foreign export stout. And if you want to get that, you need to go to the Nigerian bars in Paris because that's where you'll find it. Because it's a it's a beer that people from Nigeria believe is their national beer. It's like wonderful. So Guinness has this um, history of, of originating from Ireland, but also having this um, global aspect. You know, um, there's people all over the world. So we're who know, about to
1: taste as Guinness, West Indies Porter. Uh, can you believe I haven't been to Ireland yet?
3: I know, Orlando. Why not? You need to come. Yeah, I met some you very to nice me show people at the consulate and they send yeah, the invitations. So. I would
2: totally be willing to carry the bags. Okay. <laughs> <use> Absolutely. <laughs> obviously I need if I to do a,
3: We'll do a radio show and, and, like, an outside broadcast. What do you think? I, yeah. t-
2: hey, twi- twist my arm. Yeah, go on. Oh, <laughs> totally great. God.
1: So this is, this is lovely. So we're going to um, – we're going to be taking a break here pretty soon but you did bring um, the whiskey of the day for me I did, um, yeah. Uh, from the event the other night.
3: So this is a whiskey which I think is really interesting. It's um, called Lost Irish. Um, it's fairly we had new, the, right? It is and we had the absolute pleasure of having Donna from Lost Irish who is based um, out of LA and was working up into San Francisco um, and she uh, donated, donated, I love <laughs> it she asked me to, to pass on a bottle of this and um, so that we could have it in studio and we could taste it too um, and it's it's a blended Irish whiskey. Um, I'm a really big fan of blending. I think it's really wonderful when um, any drink, be it like um, be it like goozes from Belgium, or be it like some of the wines that I was tasting today were like phenomenal no, did you guys as go well. Wine yeah, we did go nice. wine tasting, which is really nice. So um, and just tasting blends, the idea that you can then be skillful and and find those flavour profiles and make them match together. I think we've we've gone through a period of time where where people really like one thing. They're like, I just like Pinot, or I only like a stout. But when you start mixing and blending things, I think it's really interesting. So particularly in the whiskey field, there's been this feeling that like single malts are the thing that we all aspire to. And that's great, but that's like one example. It's one clean profile of something. But when you work with a blend, you can work with different finishes. And Irish whiskey can be finished or aged in any wood. So not just um, oak,
1: chestnut, chestnut, acacia, acacia, everything. We have a
3: wonderful palette of woods to play with. Okay. Are there
1: any rules to that except for that it, to call it Irish whiskey that it has to be from Ireland? Is there any other? Rules? Yeah,
3: so it has to be aged for at least three years, and it has to be distilled and aged on the island of Ireland. Okay. So that's that's the important I things about age it. Aged on the has island, to
1: island, I, island, of Ireland.
3: Yeah, <laughs> well, well, I did. I, I turned out pretty well. <laughs> I aged on the island of Ireland.
2: <laughs> longer
3: than three years, though, just about. For
2: the people that can't see, Susan's still very young. When I say that, you would think she's nineties just because that bio is so impressive and so yeah. long. She's. So so much! In such I love a it. Time, this is why so. I need to
3: spend more time with you guys. You like flatter my ego. I, I do.
2: I do want to mention because uh, you were bringing up the blends, and uh, we are in Sonoma mm-hmm. County, which is wine country. So uh, a lot of times, you know, when people think about. Blends, you know, you think about like the menage de of the world, which are very simple. Uh-huh. You know, nothing wrong with it. But yeah, that uh, is a
1: winery in case get your minds out of the gutter.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, yeah. So, sorry, sorry. It's just the first well, I yeah, to mind. No. I'm sorry. Like, for no reason at all. No, no, but you know, like the Marietas, there's a lot mm. of like simple, very approachable red blends out there. Um, but what Susan was saying, like, uh, still like, just speaking about wine, just like for people that maybe aren't as familiar with whiskey, um, some of the most sought after wines in the world happen to be blends because then yeah. you're giving the winemaker an opportunity to take the best of the best yeah, and exactly. blend it. And, and, and,
1: the, and they can actually take, they, it, they were telling us. Mm-hmm. That they actually take some, they can use wine
3: barrels. Yeah, they, they do. With this. Barrels when yeah, they, make they use it Yeah, yeah anything, anything. It can be the mixture of any kind of wood, but then any other thing that has been in those barrels as well. The drive is sponsored
1: by Russian River Brewery. They want to welcome you back to the remodeled dog friendly beer garden in Windsor. Enjoy a beautiful Sonoma County sunset while kicking back with an ice cold beer. Uh, the Windsor Pub is open Wednesday through Sunday from 11 to 10, and we're going to hit the Windsor Pub after we this. We are. I'm yeah, so, excited so excited about too. this. Yeah, and there's downtown 4th uh, Street Pub, and they have the beer, the pizza, but Windsor's got that view. Oh, <laughs> <super>. <laughs> we are back on the Dry Brew haha on KSRO, and I'm Herlinda Ross, and we have... Peter Lopez from Juncture Top Room and Lounge filling in for Harry Duke because Harry's traipsing around Oklahoma right now.
2: Harry, we miss you, but take your time, man. Yeah. I'm <laughs> drinking good whiskey and good beer. Irish
3: <laughs> take as long as you like, yeah. Harry. I'll,
2: I'll step in as long as you want. You
3: just fit right in. <laughs> and we got
1: our guest here, Susan Boyle. Mm-hmm. She is here directly from Ireland. I am, yes. And she is a drinks expert and she's the Irish spirits ambassador for Ireland mm-hmm. for all spirits. Like not one brand. Yeah, so
3: I'm yeah, it's it's a lovely thing to work on. So it's whiskies, uh cream liqueurs, uh, white spirits including gins and Irish putching.
1: Now, tell us about the poutine real quick, because that yeah. was very interesting. That's one I hadn't heard of. So, and also Bailey's, I didn't realize completely that it actually has really good whiskey in it. Yeah, it
3: really does. Yeah. Um, so Irish cream liqueur is a protected term, uh, just like we have uh, three protected terms, which means that there are products that can only be made on the island of Ireland. So they're GI, which is geographic indicated products. So it's um, we have them in food, but when it comes to spirits, we have three specific ones. So one is Irish whiskey, and that means that it, to make Irish whiskey, it has to be matured for at least three years. It has to be distilled on the island of Ireland and matured for at least three years on the island of Ireland. So you know you're getting a quality product that comes from the Emerald Isle. We also have Irish Cream Liqueur. Um, Irish Cream Liqueur it was invented in Ireland as well. We weren't just happy with inventing whiskey, which we <laughs> did. Um, lots of other people might have other ideas about that, but I like to say that we were making incredible whiskies before the Scots discovered trousers. Well, and then so, somebody
2: figured out that you needed a morning beverage. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> the Irish that's where beer liqueur, comes in. Yes.
3: There's a um, so what it is is um, Irish cream liqueur um, is a mixture of fresh dairy cream from Ireland um, and then that's blended with the best Irish whiskey and then you can add some little flavours if you want a little individuality around that but it's um, utterly delicious and interestingly enough sales of Irish cream liqueur were consistent throughout the pandemic. I think it's because people love to know that they can crack a bottle of like Baileys for example and have something utterly delicious that's very consistent and great and yummy and a coffee and great over ice cream and yeah. Gotta love it. And then Irish poutine, as you were saying, Herlinda. So Irish poutine is a type of, um, originally it was an illicit spirit. So an Irish oh moonshine. Gosh. We love a bit of illicit. illicit. <laughs> uh, and Ireland was a very agricultural society. Um, um, so what a lot of people would do in like small farms and small town holdings is that they would, um, it's called poutine because um, in the Irish language, when you have the word ean at the end of a word, it means little. So you might be familiar with the, uh, with the girl's name Colleen. Well, that means little girl. So you know, a Kathleen. That means you know, a little so kind of like yeah. Johnny, Johnny, Timmy, exactly, T-O-A exactly. Gotcha. So it's okay. the same thing. So when you have poutine, it means that it was made in a little pot. P o u t i n e. P o okay. i t i n Um and then sometimes I just spelled with the one
1: with the French, and then
3: like yeah, it. and then sometimes <laughs> spelled with double e's. Like we because we have we've have two languages in Ireland. We've the we've the Irish language, and then we have English. So there are uh, different ways of spelling the same thing. If that makes. sense. So we've, we've different ways around it. But um, Irish pochine, um had been completely illegal. Um, and then it was, it was outlawed. Like but moonshine. Like moonshine, yeah. But lots of people had these family, um, long family traditions in these recipes of making this really high quality spirit, but illicitly. And was almost using it like as a second currency. So, you know, if you were selling a cow and you needed to like seal the deal and you were good at making pochine as well, you'd, you'd use a drop of that. You'd use it for celebrations <laughs> and things, you know, uh, the same way that anyone used used spirits in that kind of way. But the joy of it is that since the late 1990s, it's now legal to make Irish putting, so we can share this, uh, these ancient recipes, these these recipes that have passed through families and uh, down through the ages with other people. So it's really nice. It's always an unaged spirit, um, and it's a really great opportunity to show the showcase grains and how wonderful the the grain that that grows in Ireland and and can be used in in our um, distilled products really shine when it hasn't had the influence of wood.
1: Well, then of course the Irish cream, everybody knows like. Carry gold butter, butter and yeah. Like that, which I the, the uh, board baya? bia, bia,
3: bia, bia. Uh, also, we'll get to- you speaking Irish yeah. in a minute. <laughs> oh, we yeah. just need I to can. give I you can. enough I Irish can. whiskey; I you'll can. be fluent by the end uh, of the time. Together, I can't. Yeah. I, can, I can't wait. But then they, they, the dairy with the Irish cream.
1: Really yeah, it's
3: it's sense. a re- it really makes sense. We've got we've got more cows in in Ireland than we have people. Um, <laughs> and we have a really like we have a lush green landscape. It rains all the time like it we really does like yeah I know but really like yeah. you know it's great but um,
2: <laughs> if you could send us some, we wouldn't be mad at we you. have um, in, in, <laughs> the Irish, in
3: the Irish language we have a saying that says An rudis, even," and that means the thing that is unusual is the thing that is special so we get a little bit used to rain but you guys you know send us some sunshine and we'll send you over some rain but in the meantime we can send you whiskey or Irish cream liqueur
1: so how do people find either the um, Borbaya Via um, for via, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the spy there's an uh, the spiritofireland.com. dot com. Yeah, we have
3: a we have a website spiritofireland.com. and what's really lovely about that that on it we have virtual reality tours of distilleries in Ireland, so you can get into the distilleries, you can meet the distillers. If you have one of those fancy swanky headsets, you can really VR the VR headsets, you can see all around you, you can see the beautiful landscape, and you can see the fact that you could only make these spirits on the island of Ireland, and it's a mixture of not just how perfect our climate is for making these spirits, but also for the spirit of the people that goes into every single drop of everything we make.
2: You know, every single person I know that's Irish, they're like very proud to be Irish. And, and, uh, you know, as I taste this whiskey that I want you to tell us more about... It's everything you guys do. You just take so much pride. It's such a beautiful country. When Herlinda's ready to go, I I definitely am willing to carry all the luggage. Oh, I (laughs) can't wait to host you. You're more than welcome. I'm like, okay, I think I'm taking people with me again. But please tell me a little bit about this whiskey, though, because I'm enjoying it, and it's dangerously smooth.
3: Yeah, so I really love the whole thing about the category of Irish whiskey is its incredible drinkability. Like, I love, I'm a drinks nerd, Herlinda's, you know, so I have to spend a lot of time thinking about things and analyzing them, but my goodness do I just love when I can pour something in a glass and it's delicious and something like this is utterly lovely um, and what you get to do is you get to play with like lovely finishes on it so this has spent time in six different casks so it's been influenced by like um, Australian tawny barrels and it has had um, uh, lovely the sherry port, cask yeah. finish, it's got port, it's got South African brandy casks and so because it has that smoothness um, we it, in Ireland we can triple or double distill our spirits so you get a really smooth spirit, it has to be at least double distilled, but we often triple distill as well, and that's why it makes it delicious in the glass. I always think when I describe Irish whiskies, the the words that are universal in it are things like drinkability, smoothness. Caramel, toffee, nuts, raisins, red fruits—all these other lovely flavors. Like compared to some other spirits, where you have to maybe acquire a taste for them sure. because they're a little bit more challenging. This opens the door really easily to you.
2: I'll admit to being a huge fan of Scotch whiskey, uh-huh. which can be very peaty yeah. and uh, definitely like, like it's not for. Yeah, it's not for
3: everybody. It's not for everyone. There's there's no. flavors out there I with love it. This. within Irish whiskey you can use peated malts as well, yeah. uh, which is something that is within the portfolio. But again, it's like a spice, like a flavor that we can use within Irish spirits. We don't have to do it that way. The joy of Irish whiskey is that we have so much opportunity to play with it. And we're we're getting people from all over the world working in the Irish spirits industry because they love the freedom. They love that they can make these really innovative products. Yeah, you're delicious. growing
1: a lot of your grain there in Ireland yeah. as well. Are you growing hops there
3: at all? We're not really growing yeah. hops. Uh, to, to uh, the rain. Yeah, the rain yeah, there. the rain. So we have, to, we have to outsource our things to other things. We can't grow grapes in Ireland. We can't grow hops, but we can grow plenty of grass and we can grow a great barley. Fantastic.
1: Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, so there was, so then you had, okay, so this is a blended. Yes. And then there was some single, but there was something called a pot still whiskey, Yeah. So ours pot still whiskey. Is kind of like what it looked like Mark Carpenter. Um, who I, I can't wait to like, uh-huh. send him this. Uh, who was at anchor? He who, who yeah. comes on the show a lot because they were they had a still downstairs. Oh, great for him to hear. It. So pot still. Yeah.
3: So in relation to the styles of Irish whiskey, there's there's various different styles. So depending on if you want to make a, a traditional style, you, you follow a particular recipe or you follow a particular method. So with a blended style, that can be a blend of many different whiskeys. All of those whiskeys have to be at least three years old, like I said. But they can be finished in different ways, and you can play around with a palette of things. When you're working with a single malt, whiskey, it has to be all made from malted barley and it has to be made by one distillery. So that's where the single comes into it. It's one distillery and one grain and that grain is single malt. And then if you want to play with a pot still whiskey, which is a traditional Irish whiskey, that has to be distilled in a large copper pot still and within the mash blend of that whiskey, you have to have a portion of unmalted barley. So unmalted barley within the pot still makes... It hasn't been tricked. It hasn't... <laughs> yeah, it, has, it hasn't It has been germinated it's just the unmalted barley. So you've malted barley and unmalted barley and that unmalted barley gives across this lovely spicy character that comes through. And originally, this was a way, because Irish people are quite clever, we love a rule because we love a rule so that we know how we can get around it. <laughs> you know, because once you know what you're getting around you're not breaking it if you're finding a way over it. So the Irish pot still whiskey as a style came about because um, we were being taxed by the British Crown on the use of a malted barley in our distilled products in ireland so um the distillers thought well if they're taxing the malt what happens if we use unmalted so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we started using unmalted barley. Really, yes. really really clever <laughs> and it led this whole unique uniquely irish style of irish pot still whiskey which is utterly utterly delicious
2: uh i love it um before i don't have the opportunity to share this thought i just want to say because uh, her linda books all the guests and uh-huh. uh, i'm along for the ride and uh, i I am a father of two daughters, so I love that we had Tara, Tara Nern last week, just really strong, powerful mm-hmm. woman, um, you know, breaking the glass ceilings and now, you know, with Susan Boyle doing the same thing Hi. and uh, you ladies are doing amazing things. I just want to point out that uh, I did start a podcast a couple months ago and I recently had a um, Betsy Fisher who's um, – She's a professor at the junior college. Oh, She's in charge of the program. The
1: program. I yeah. love amazing. her. Bessie's
2: amazing. But she was telling me about the fact that in 1980, mm-hmm. she was applying for jobs and, and people to her face were saying, I'm not going to hire you because you're a woman.
3: Oh, wow. And
2: again, as the yeah. father of two daughters, I mean, my, my, yeah, I like, have to oh, them. Oh, no. Yasmin, Edith, Victoria, I love you if you're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great time to be a father of daughters yeah. right now because the sky's the limit. It's and and with powerful women, like including her Linda, who's leading the charge, like – um, I love this. These last two weeks, um, I want my daughters to listen uh, yeah. to these, and I just want to share that now, uh, in case we ran out of time and you didn't have a chance to hear. I that. I think
3: that's really wonderful because for me, I think it's like uh, you know, fifty percent of the population. So why wouldn't why wouldn't women want to drink delicious things? You know, so and if they're not, maybe it's because we're we're telling the story of those products in a very different way. And women taste differently to men, so on oh, a yeah. genetic level, like you know, um, I like to say that I'm a super taster. It's not <laughs> like I'm. Super superwoman or anything uh, fabulous, but it just means I have, um, I, it's like I taste with the volume turned up. Yeah. So for a long time, there were things that I didn't like to taste and I had to acquire a taste for those. Um, and I think it's about how you tell those stories, how you introduce things. And also as an interesting thing as a woman who works in the industry. What I find is really nice is that guys will ask you questions that they won't ask another guy. You know, Mm -hmm. like people want to save face a little bit, like they're not going to like show off with their mates and pretend they don't know something, but they'll ask me a question and I can tell them. So if that gets everyone to find out more and to be more curious, then that's an excellent thing. Speaking of,
1: how did you get started in this? So you're working on your PhD right now,
3: but like so your
1: family owns a pub in Kildare.
3: In Ireland, yeah, in Kildare in Ireland, yeah, Ireland, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You, you did your homework, <laughs> and, uh, Yeah. So um Kildare is a small town that's about uh, forty minutes. We do um, distance in time in Ireland so a lot of the time. Yeah, because you we know the traffic. traffic. Yeah. So yeah, you can't you can't be like five miles it makes no difference to me because it might take me twenty minutes <laughs> yeah. or it. it might take me three quarters of an hour. Sorry, guys, sitting so, in traffic right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. So we, we do, like you guys over here. We do we we do distance in time. Um, so I'm about forty. Minutes inland and down from um, from um, Dublin um, and Kildare. What's wonderful about Kildare? I feel like I have this kind of legacy to uphold. Kildare. When you hear the word "kill" in any Irish name, you'll be familiar with Kilkenny, um, Killeen, Kildare. It yeah. means there was a church there. It's just wow. the Irish word for church. So, so like, it's, it's the opposite of murder. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. It's like kill. Yeah, so it's not kill. It's save. It's savioring. <laughs> it's going to save you. So it's a, there was a church there, and there were monastic settlements all over Ireland, but the that monastic settlement that was in my little town was founded by a woman called Saint Bridget and she's the Irish patron saint of brewing and she was wonderful because you know what if you want to be a saint you can be a saint after you die you just have to do three miracles and they can be posthumous which is wonderful you know there's hope for us all you know if we (laughs) want to get get into into the saintly heavens (laughs) (laughs) but Saint Bridget's biggest miracle was that she could turn water into beer you know
0: that's and isn't an that what one. brewers yes. do
3: brewers <laughs> turn water and the ingredients that go into beer they turn them into beer so they turn malt and they turn yeast and they turn whatever agents they're using or their hops and they turn that into beer and St. Bridget turned water into beer and that's like the little town that I'm from doesn't have any lakes it doesn't have any rivers it's inland no one was like why do they do a monastic settlement here St. Bridget founded it and people came there because it was a deep yeah. well she could get her water and she turned water into beer ta- and I well, think yeah your- I'd join that
1: So my parents had
3: a pub there and um, I grew up, um, I started going to wine tastings um, through my dad. Um, He would get like fancy pants invitations to wine tastings and I was in um, college in Dublin so I just decided that I'd pop along and the first time I went to a wine tasting, um, like whatever about the amazing bottles that were in front of me and people like swilling and sniffing and doing all this kind of thing with the wine Um, I had this one encounter with a woman where I talked about the wine and I was like oh that's very interesting when I put it in my glass and she's like yeah you know my grandfather planted the vines for that wine the day I was born Um, he found out I was born my dad rang home and my grandfather went out that morning and planted a vineyard for me and this is the wine and I was like oh my goodness I'm going to love wine forever (laughs) and this is what happened it's the stories behind it it's like it's the people it's the place and that's why I'm doing a PhD in it because I think and, and throughout the pandemic what I thought was really interesting is I have loads of lovely things to drink in my house like loads of lovely things to drink But I didn't have lovely people to drink it with. Like I was living with my dad and my sister during the pandemic. So fair play. They were great. But really, you know, after (laughs) a while, you you need some other people. But I miss my friends. And the component that I miss most about enjoying a glass of anything is Mm -hmm. the people that it's with. Everything tastes better with friends. I 100%
2: agree. Like uh, the story has to be good and who you share it with. I think that those are the two most important things. But it starts with the quality. Like, it does. The quality's got to be good. Yeah. It mean, does you know? have to be good. Yeah. But I
3: also think that you make your own memories after yeah, yeah. that, which is great. Of I was, um, I was having dinner in Bollinger, which is Bollinger to the normal people um, in France, um, and this is one the of my, champagne fir- house. Yeah, Champagne <laughs> House. You know, as you do, this is one of my first wine experiences. I was like in my early twenties; it was super young. I probably shouldn't have been there, but you know what? There I was. I got invited to this dinner, um, and I had been to the vineyard for the day. I'd, I'd been to their cellars. I tasted all this stuff. I was sitting down to dinner, and, and, and the head of the house was asking you, well Susan now that you know about our amazing champagne when would you drink it and I was like well maybe I'd wait for like you know an important birthday or um, a friend's wedding or maybe you know a christening or something you know a birth of a child and he was like mm, you know Wednesday's great. <laughs> he's like, or Tuesday. Like, that's a great day to drink. Because he's like, any other really important occasion, when you have a lovely drink with it, like, the event should outshine. He's like, the event should outshine my wine. But you're really having a horrible day and you open something delicious on a Tuesday? Well, yes, it sure. makes the Tuesday a- Any
2: day that ends in Y is a good day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and if you're owning a pub and your family having a pub, i would yeah. um, sure say Rings your family pe- survived the, the, the yeah,
3: we did. My sister is now running the pub, which is a pretty amazing So she, can I go there? When yeah, I come you, visit? Can, you can, you okay. can drink our Bridget's ale as well. We make our own beer, Love um, because it, yes. you can't talk about beer without having put your like put your time in in a brewery as well. We we, we um I, we cuckoo brew with a brewery that's up the road from us. Um, I say that they're like our we're two sisters brewing and they're our, like big brothers, so we go in and we can get to play with their toys and make some delicious beer. So, so
1: Susan, you did. Finish out our pr- um, presentation <laughs> the other night with us with a little bit of song. Can you do like like a condensed version of that song for sing? us to lull our poor listeners who are stuck in traffic? A well, I'll sing will sing a
3: bar of the Parting Glass. I always think My name is Susan Boyle. Like if you've ended up with the name of a reality television star <laughs> who's a singer, you have to yeah you, <laughs> ha, you have to try and get your name back. So <laughs> of all the money there, I've spent, I've spent it in good company. And of all the harm that ever I've caused Alas, it's been to none but me But since it falls unto my lot That I should rise and you should not I'll gently rise and I'll softly call Good night and joy be with you all Slancha
1: folks. That
2: was amazing. Thank <laughs> you for
1: <laughs> out Yeah, the, the other us. Susan
3: Boyle you wouldn't have had a chance if I was in the room. <laughs>
2: she's the other Susan Boyle now. <laughs> she is
3: the other Susan <laughs> Boyle. I'm just going to call
2: it the other Susan Boyle. So
1: we have to close out here now, and I am so honored and happy. An
3: utter privilege and to be here talking gonna to, to you. We're going to
1: go River Windsor and it's
3: have a beer. Harry,
2: take your time, bro. I got gotcha. yeah, Peter, yeah, yeah, so you.
3: Peter, Peter, it was great to meet you. Thank you,
1: everybody, for joining us on The Drive on KSRO, The Drive Brouhaha. And we wish you a safe drive home, and we will, uh, we'll see you tomorrow on
0: Friday and find out where the hell Harry is then, too, right? <laughs> and Steve Jackson will be back tomorrow.